welcome back to Chats with Starving Artists. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining again. Um, thank you those who have given feedback, who have listened, who have subscribed, who have been following on Instagram, and I apologize for not being timely with the episodes, but we're back. And today, we're actually having a chat with a starving artist. We have Brooklyn-based visual artist, graphic designer, extraordinaire, business person, everything, uh, Wendy Michelle. Michelle. Did I say that right? Wendy mm-hmm. Michelle? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. We're just going to just dive right into it and just cover all the things that we want to cover in this podcast and just kind of talking about your work and your creativity and everything like that. So just really quick, if you can tell us, let everybody know where you're from and what you're into and the type of work and creativity that you focus on. My name is Wendy Michelle, uh, also known as Wendy Darling. I am originally from Port-au-Prince, Haiti, um, IET, but I was raised in Boston, Massachusetts, um, by the way of Brockton, Massachusetts, actually. And now I reside in Brooklyn, and I study in the city at Parsons, the new school, um, while trying to take over the world. Dope. So tell us about your form of artistry or creativity. How did you get started? And what exactly do you focus on? Mm, three questions in one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I started as a dancer for um, seven years. I was dancing and I was traveling when I was young, middle school and high school. I was barely in school because <laughs> I was traveling. Okay. Um, so I started off as a dancer and then I always, I always knew how to draw my uncle is an artist, my brother is an artist. And so um, when the opportunity came up for me to work for an organization that paid the youth to make art, I was like, so about it. But I remember telling my professor, like, I'm not going to be a painter, so I'm totally down to make some money off of it, though. Right. Um, And so I started working at Artists for Humanity, which is a nonprofit in Boston. Okay. That essentially pays the youth to make art. And um, that summer, summer 2009, completely changed my life. Summer 2008, I believe. Um, I started working in the studio under the supervision of um, world-renowned street artist Rob Gibbs. He goes by, he writes pro-black. And he just exposed me to color, you know? He took me to my first art show, and it was amazing to see black artists, people who look like me, in a gallery. You know, I wasn't just being exposed to like Caravaggio and Da Vinci. It was like, oh, wow, I can do this too. And I can actually paint with color. I don't have to do the boring stuff. So I decided to, um, I did like my last competition in um, Vegas for dance and to just to pursue painting. So I now have been painting since 2009. Went to art school for painting. Then I got bored. <laughs> And um, in that time, I also started a blog that got really popular with my friends. Okay. So that's when I first um, fell in love with like marketing and like web technology. Okay. Um, and from there, I decided to take a semester off and work as a social media and marketing intern for a startup. That then led me to taking some time off from school and traveling for a year. Um, to kind of in search for like myself spiritually, understanding like who I am as an artist, as a creative. 
Um, I lived in Germany, China, Hong Kong. I was working with, yeah, it was really amazing. I was getting closer to God. I was working with um, 30 international artists and we were creating every day. That's dope. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really dope. Um, You touched on something and just talking about the breadth of your experience, really what you were learning when you met the street artist and working up underneath him and giving like the historical context of Caravaggio, a lot of people paint or a lot of people draw and they don't know necessarily the historical context. And even right now people are probably listening, like who is Caravaggio and (laughs) maybe making a Google image search on some of, uh, and even Da Vinci, I'm sure a lot of people know who Da Vinci is, but um, you know, making a Google search on who this artist is. Can you talk about just working underneath that street artist and, and him mm-hmm. taking you underneath his wing and showing you different things. Like, you know, what was your inspiration from that? Like, what did you pull from seeing Carfaggio and Da Vinci and going to the museum? And then, you know, how did that inspiration, you know, ultimately transfer into the work that you have created and are creating? Mm. Well, in high school, my art teacher was one that exposed me to the masters, you know, and we were doing trigger drawings and we were really preparing for um, you know, for college, like entering art school. Going and working with Rob was a different experience, though, because he introduced me to process and um, how to pull out, you know, we were young, 17, you have all these emotions, and how do you display that on canvas? Right. And I remember the first exercise that he did with us was we had to describe our personality in, um, in a drawing. And the way that he did his was he drew a, um, a cereal box. And on the back, you know how the back of the cereal box always has activities for you to do? Yep. And he basically made his whole activity like his life. So he was doing a piece of work or he was also like a student with you guys? And he was, he was kind our of mentoring. mentor. He okay. was our mentor. But he, everything that, every assignment he gave us, he also did it. Okay. And that was really cool. And I remember the first, I remember in in high school, I didn't know how to paint in color. I was terrified how to use color. So I was always in black and white. Then I worked underneath Rob and I, my first portrait with him was a self portrait that was in black and white, but he actually taught me how to use, like, even when you're painting in black and white, you still have to understand color. And um, we went to the museums with Rob and we were looking at the master's but he taught me how to channel that into like my own culture and what I'm doing. Right. Pulling that out, you know? And so it's like, oh, wow, there is black excellence in the art world. Like all these, yes, these masters, they're European, fair skin, but he's taking me to his friends and all these shows, streetwear culture. That's what I was exposed to, you know? We went to shows. He had assignments for us where he bought us a bunch of blank skateboards and we painted on skateboards painted on sneakers he brought like okay this is what you're used to i'm gonna show you how you can turn this into a work of art and the work that we did was fire (laughs) okay okay and what type of work was that if we look at genres in visual art and genres in like painting and stuff like that like where's it contemporary you know obviously you talk about some of the street art serving as inspiration and just kind of the things that you were surrounded by so I guess genre-wise, how would you classify that that work that you were creating and the stuff that you're doing now? Hmm. I mean, with when we were using like skateboards and sneakers as our medium, it would be considered street art, you know. 
we also that was my first time working on murals I've done I've completed like three murals now because of that experience and so um that was a different level so I mean I wouldn't I think street artists when people think the word street artist they think of graffiti artists or whatever but that's really not what it is you know I think it's definitely modern contemporary pop artwork that like represents pop culture okay um the work that I create, I definitely see it as being like contemporary modern, you know, because I, I'm a product of my environment and my experiences. And so the work that I do is going to reflect that. And so that's why I would put it in that category. So I would definitely say that's the type of work that I was exposed to while working with Rob. Okay. And you're, so that those past experiences and even your experiences now, but a lot of those past experiences have, have been your points of inspiration? Mm, not, yes, the past experiences, but everything that I'm taking in daily. Okay. You know? Okay. You talked a little bit about, you know, working with the street artist and being his mentee about how you learned. Uh, he, he taught you process. Can you talk a little bit about what your process is like when you create work? You know, how do you just go and start painting or drawing? You know, what kind of gets you to that point uh, to create? It's so interesting because I'm actually rediscovering that right now because I, I kind of been on a hold when it comes to my work. But what it used to be, um, I'm so heavily influenced by music. Okay. Um, as a blogger, you know, I'm constantly looking for what's going on in the world, pieces of writing, um, interesting, like, graphics, design, visuals. And I really get inspired by um, looking at what other artists are creating, but artists that, like, people don't know, you know? Um, and so I think my process works as, like, I write a lot. I write a lot. I'm journaling every day. And um, in my journaling, my journaling has become its own piece of artwork. I'll write just one word or I'll write pages, right? right? And in that, um, I, I think about how I see the world or the way that I'm, like, every, every, everything that I see is like a um, photograph to me, you know? And so how can I visualize that in my sketches? And then um, my imagination is constant, constantly growing, constantly moving, and so um, I see in color, you know, I'm actually a little bit colorblind too. So I think it's just like, mm, this is not what I feel like doing today. And as of lately, I've been real I've realized that, okay, I have many um, channels that I can create. So today, if I wake up and I feel like singing, so I'm going to sing, I'm going to sing. And maybe the next day I wake up and I feel like dancing, so I'm going to dance. That's how I've been going about it. I'm sure it's going to become more, a lot more structured since I'm kind of re-identifying what my process is like. So I'm starting with baby steps. Like, let just create the way that you want to create. Like, right now I'm making paper snowflakes. Literally. <laughs> but it's super, it's amazing because I'm, as I'm making them, I'm like, wow, there's so many shapes and forms and lines in this. Um, and now I'm wondering what else I can do with them. Like, how could I, can I make a face, you know? Right, right. So it's just like being a kid. So really. your, your process is within that process and going into like those details of journaling and then, you know, figuring out the colors or even just starting in black and white. You just essentially see yourself as a creator, whether that's through dance and you talked about, you know, 
traveling to, to dance professionally before mm-hmm. you just look at your and, and you also touched on just being a singer um, or singing or humming or whatever the case may be yeah. you just classify yourself as a, a, a creator or a creative and not necessarily just a visual artist would you say that absolutely and I think that it's so I've always been so frustrated with being like marginalized as just like this painter because that's not my only interest and quite frankly like that's not the only thing I'm good at like I I say this with so much humility but I've been blessed with many talents and many forms of um, ways that I can express myself and so I am here to create and I know that and each day is a discovery in, in terms of like what is my purpose here how can I show love and encourage others to explore their creative abilities? Because I believe that, yeah, we are all artists called humans. <laughs> um, Shout out to Kansas in Japan. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm definitely a creative. I want to make music visuals. I want to do collaborative art. I want to do installations. I just want to um, find ways to change the norm, creating new ideas, and that's what it, that's a literal definition of creating. Okay. What would you say, just as a creative, like, what's the toughest thing that you face on a day-to-day basis? And, mm-hmm. you know, juggling, creating the work that you want to create or the projects that you want to do versus having to live and also provide mm-hmm. for yourself as a young adult. Just what's what what are, what's the biggest challenge that you you face on a day to day basis? Just as a as a creator now, not even just saying an artist and as a mm. visual artist, but as a creator, what do you what challenge do you face on a day to day basis? Wow, there's so many. Um, okay, so when I was younger, it was very easy for me to create daily. I didn't have to worry about anything. Everything, bills, home, those that was taken care of. So that's what I'm realizing. I had a lot less like responsibilities which is why I was creating every day and I felt very fulfilled now there's you know you don't have your parents here to do everything for you and you're an adult so how are you going to survive but also still get your creative fix I think that's been my biggest um problem my friend said to me like you know you lack strategy you have no strategy and so I'm like going to school for business and my minor is designing and I feel so unfulfilled. I'm not challenged at all. Like I said, like anything that involves interacting with humans or like something like business is very easy for me to learn. What's challenging to me is um, some learning something new that involves like my like all of me, my right creativity. And so I'm sitting here trying to go about this path the way that everyone else sees fit. Get a degree. You have this dream of building a business. So go to business school and then do a little bit of design and it's like but if if you're completely made out of water and you need water in order to survive but all you've been living off of is like milk you're like this this isn't working for me right i'm losing energy and so i think right now my challenge is finding how to reverse it where i'm constantly creating um and stepping into who I am, I think a lot of artists are just fearful of, of that. And it's cool. Like, being an artist is really cool now, you know? But, like, you have these people, like, we've been artists forever. Like, right. it's who we are, right? 
and there are real challenges that come with that. There's the times when you are crying because you have so much you want to say, but you're like, damn, how do I say this? In what way do I say this? How come they're not hearing me? Why don't they understand me? And then with being an artist comes learning patience, right? With being an artist comes, wow, you have this visionary mindset, but you can't speak about it until the time is right. So you have everything that's so built up and held in, and that's really hard. Imagine right. that. Imagine knowing so much but not being able to share it with the world because they're not ready yet. Right. So so it's tough. <clears throat> it's tough essentially being an, an artist and or creator in general, and then let alone being a, a starving artist or a starving creative where you have to figure out ways to provide the supplies for yourself to create or the things to really create the work that you want to do. Absolutely. And I feel like I feel like for me it's it's not that difficult, but I make it difficult because it's very easy to like think about, oh my god, look at this one. So like she said she's actually creating as we're talking. But um, so we're looking at her latest creation of a paper snowflake. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, what was I saying? We were just talking about how it is to legitimately be a starving artist and the struggles of creating and creativity while still trying to be a responsible adult. And I mean, I definitely want to say that being a starving artist does not mean um, we're literally like broke and starving. I think it means it's like think when you think about hunger. Right? right, like you think about um, when you're just dying of thirst, and so it's like dying to create, dying to share. Um, you're like, oh, I need to get this out. Like I'm so hungry for it. I want people to understand that. Like that's what I mean when I say starving artist. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, you know, within the name of starving artists, I think that, you know, that I don't think there's... It has a negative connotation. Yeah, it has a negative connotation, but there's so many different ways that it can be spun. You know, you could be starving to create. You could be starving literally just yeah. in your pockets financially to create. You could be starving to to get out of what you're doing and get into something else because everybody's an artist and everybody's a creative you know, which is what we talk about in just this age of the creative platform. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to think about being a starving artist. But, you know, primarily just thinking about your discipline of work, how you create, and just the challenges that you face. Can you talk a little bit more about some of those? Yeah. Like challenges and, you know, what's the biggest obstacle that you faced from dancing to being a mentee to being mm. a student creating your own bodies of work, traveling, and different things like that. Can you shed a little bit of light about, on that? Yeah. I think the biggest challenge is having too many things that you can do. <laughs> like, too many things that you are able to learn and master. Um, and because then you're like, all right, what do I want to do today? Which it sounds great, but then the world requires consistency and um, it requires you to have balance and strategy. But when you just have so much you can do, you don't care about strategy and consistency. You just want to do. And my biggest challenge is finding that balance where, you know, now I've learned this, you know, graphic design and web design. And I love it and I'm great at it because I get to be 
um, creating all the time, but it, it it's 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 different than painting. You know, it requires a lot of logic, and I'm not used to using that side of my brain. So that's really great. Um, and it's also a trait that pays really well. And so, okay, cool. I found a way where I can be creative, but also sustain myself financially. At the same time, though, if you are used to being, um, like, as a fine artist, it's a, it's a lot of, it's very expressive, you know? I think I'm figuring out how, with my time, with 24 hours, how can I, um, how can I use it in a way where I am creating that's making generating income and creating for my mental mind so that I can like really express myself, whether that's through dance, right? Um, or that's through um, oil painting or um, finding a new way to express myself. So I think there's a balance. It's like feeding your soul and feeding your like um, your environmental needs as a creative. Right. To that point. How have you figured out ways to be sustainable and, you know, how, how big of a role does that play for you in being able to keep your bills paid and create at the same time? Yeah. Um, I mean, since I, I literally have no idea how I'm like, I moved into this apartment in September and I, I just got a job February 1st, yet I have been able to make my rent <laughs> since September. And I'm like, and each time it's a close call, but it, it's happening and everyone's like well, why don't you sell your paintings why don't you sell your work ah, ah, ah. and it's like I can't be commercial everything I don't want to I don't want it to become a thing where now I'm living off of my art I want to be able because then I'm de depending I'm creating not out of love right when you're working you do it because you got to do it right if I become dependable off of my art now I'm like Oh, like it becomes stressful. I don't want my art to be stressful. I don't want what I have to do to be stressful. Um, I want it to be exciting, you know? And I have to clarify, like, when I have my own business and my own brand and I've really built myself as, like, this new immersive creative, like, in the world, of course, work is not going to seem stressful, you know? But when you don't have a foundation at all, and you're like, okay, I gotta make this much rent, and you start painting, and then if it doesn't come in, all of a sudden you become fighting with your art. I don't wanna ever have to fight with my art, you know? I want it to be all love, and I want it really to be something that's for me, and that I'm sharing with the world. And so, I, you know, tried other things that you do in New York, like waitressing, and uh, all that stuff, which was hard because it was taking away from my art. And really just being a graphic designer has fulfilled everything for me because I am creating and making money. Um, not what's happening now is I'm realizing, okay, this is great. You need to also do everything else. Like you need to find time to paint. You need to find time um, you need to be blogging. You need to be writing. And why? Because graphic design is also a form of art and it needs to be like thinking of new concepts. I'm like, shit, why is it taking me so long to think creatively about a new concept for this brand idea? Guess what? You have to get inspired as well. The same way you get inspired for a painting. So do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean... it's actually pushing me to... It's like encouraging me to like learn more 
and create more because if I'm creating in other ways, it's going to influence my design, right? right? And as I'm designing, it's going to influence my dance, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you, you have found ways to stay afloat, still be able to create, still be able to pay your bills and really just thrive and live just in the creativity. So you talked about becoming a graphic designer now and monetizing your art and your creativity there. Mm -hmm. What other sorts of things are you involved in at the moment that just kind of create additional streams of revenue or just help with that sustainability? As of right now, nothing else because I just started, but I am working on a book collaborative and learning about grants and writing grants and um, grant proposals. I, my friend and I, another artist, Alyssa Nicole, we want to get grants so that we can create our projects. Okay. And that's really, I think artists really need to understand, especially if you're living in New York, they give out thousands of grants every year for artists to work on their projects. And so if you think about it, you always have all of these new ideas. And if you're smart, you're writing them down. And go and apply for a grant, $10,000 grant, $5,000 grant, and work on that project as a living. That's my next goal. I don't, yes, I'm a graphic designer. I'm working with corporate company. It's really cool, but that's not my heart, soul, and desire. I want to be able to really be making money off of my projects because I think they're worth it and I think they're powerful and I'm excited to share them with people. And so my next move is learning how to get people to pay me to make art. Yeah, I, I, that was going to be my next question is how, what's the importance or how big is it or how important is it <clears throat> to collaborate and work with brands or even have, you know, if we take out just kind of working with brands, how important is it to have a sense of backing financially to create your art? Hmm. It's or just it depends to, to, to on the type create in general. Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the type of artist you are. Um, strategy is so important, and I'm very happy that I'm learning that right now. Um, there's a way to be a successful artist without being commercial. You know, learning how to create, but also think um, in a in a strategic way, solving problems. That's what, like, being a strategist is. And if, what, as a creative, we're constantly solving problems, right? So if you step outside of that and use your other, like, part of your brain and say, okay, I need to paint. That means I need five, like, I need canvas. I need five of them. How can I get five pieces? Okay, I have an audience, all right? Um, let me start by by sketching okay i have a platform social media how can i get the message out there that i need to paint how can i position myself in a way where i'm creating a demand for my work right asking yourself questions like that you know and looking at your platform and what it is that you have and it's not necessarily selling your soul or selling like hey guys i need this i need that but showing it like everything else, you have to show that you're worth the, the, the pay and people want to just see that you're passionate about it, that you're consistent, you know, all of these things. Um, I've been again, I've been in like very incognito, but this is what's been going on in my mind when it's time for me to actually be like, hey, guys, this is what I've been working on. This is what I've been doing. You'll see the strategy in it. You know, it's very important to collaborate. 
because you, I don't believe you can do everything on your own. There's so many artists out there that you can work with. If I have an idea, I want I bet how many ideas the next the person sitting next to me may have. Right. It's important to have people with money on your side because essentially what makes the world go round. And by it being on your side, meaning, hey, this is my passion. This is what I believe in. What do you th- What do you think about it? It's important to learn how to speak, learn how to talk about your work. Again, learning about process, right? Learning that you understand trajectory, meeting people and exploring that and sharing that, not just being like, yeah, this is my painting, this is what I like to do. Getting like share share a little bit of yourself, right? Share why. Right. Is that something that you did when you traveled, when you were in China, when you were in Berlin? <clears throat> you know, were you sharing? Were you collaborating? How much did just being able to get acculturated effect and impact your work and just your outlook on creativity. When I was China, in China, I got appointed to curate art shows for this new gallery for a month. So it was, was like doing a new show each week, every Friday. And it was 30 international artists. It was all different mediums. So it was like curating a show of painters, photographers, ballerinas, string quintets. And so that was really cool because I had to learn how to orchestrate, you know, and make it seem like it was one show, other a bunch of different moving parts. And I wanted to bring people of the community in, all different types of people of the community. So I had to go out and talk to people. And I learned Mandarin, and I had to learn how to speak the language of the people. And I realized that since I didn't know their actual language, like, oh my God, my art is a universal language. No matter what country you go to, art is understood. So I just started walking around, and I would literally ask people if I could sketch them. Hmm. And that started conversation. And um, it was literally silent conversation. And that brought them to the gallery, which then I had a translator and was able to meet and engage with people. And it's like, wow, someone from like who is miles away, doesn't speak a language that I'm speaking, can look at my painting and cry because they could feel the spirit that was with me while I was creating it. That's so powerful, you know, and that's it's 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 from me opening up and being like fearless and saying, hey, this is my work. This is what I love. And that goes into the way that we create. If you're not creating from deep within, I don't know what you're doing. You know, you have like Kanye West's new album. I, the first time, three times I listened to it, there was a certain part. I cried every time I didn't realize it. And I'm like, I'm probably feeling what he felt while he was creating this because he's creating it with all of who he is, all of his soul and all of his being. So of course he's going to be passionate about it. And I can feel that. Because we all have spirits inside of us. We all have a spirit. You know, we have a soul. And um, if I'm pouring out my thoughts, my processes, how I feel through a piece of artwork, you're bound to feel what I feel. That's why music is so powerful and art is so powerful. If you're just creating just to create and you're not actually um, shocked by your own work, then I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's like whatever sort of creative you are you should be putting everything that you can into that it's if, a new, it, if it's what you love to do yes and it should be a new discovery for you each time right, right each time you should learn something new about yourself yeah everybody everybody and that's you know what age of the creative is about and just that this new platform is 
showing that everybody's a creative in one way, shape, or form. And being able to highlight that and have dialogue around these things, around creativity and around artistry, and, and really pick people's brains to, to find out what makes them tick creatively. Right. So yeah, I think, you know, looking at somebody like Kanye's process is super, super dope and interesting. You don't see a lot of raw creatives magnified as much as he is. Exactly. And it's just always interesting to just hear different arguments from people when he puts out his work or, you know, when Because he's not sugarcoating it. This is raw art. If you don't want that, go listen to the next shit. And that's why I love him and that's why I understand where he's coming from. He's not... Be like marginalizing himself and confining himself, and like, no, this, like, yo, this is exactly what I'm thinking right now, and I need to create because it's the only thing that keeps me breathing. And I just went through trauma, so this is, I need to create. And that's what he's saying by support me, support me, support me, because he's like, he's literally like, I need to create. I need to, and I, I feel him. I need to create to continue living. So that's the importance to you when, you know, he talks about support. For support for you, it's it's important to collaborate. It's important to you talk about not being commercial, but it's important to have financial backing. So, I mean, what does commercial mean to you in the in the creative space, in the art space? Like, what exactly does that mean? Kahindi Wale is like such an amazing painter, and I had admired him since like two thousand nine. And last year, I went to see his work at the Brooklyn Museum, and I was so disappointed because I realized how commercial he became. And by that, I mean, you could see it in the artist, you know, all of a sudden he's like collaborating with different brands and he's like putting Michael Jackson in his paintings. All of a sudden it lost its depth and you don't have to tell me anything. I could feel it. Right. I could feel that this painting does not have as much depth that it did before. At that moment that I, you to me, you became commercial. So do you think with exposure comes commercial <clears throat> commercial ability? Or I, I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> do you think with a certain level of exposure, people become more commercial? Or is it just a sense of awareness? You know, because him collaborating with people and being having placement on different TV shows and sort of different things happening within culture, you know, now that's he has a bigger platform now. And people are going to invest in his work and support his uh-huh. work. So when you say commercial, I just wanted to get a little bit more context on that and just understanding a little bit more because, you know, having a platform like Brooklyn Museum is great. Having a platform like Empire, and I don't think a lot of people are watching and looking at the art in the background that's on the wall yeah. of the shows, but having those sorts of placements is big, and those are things that and sh- help shape culture. Yeah, and get him exposure. But then, you know, with that exposure, obviously will come checks based off of whatever the usage and yeah. stuff like that is. So, it's the usage. Him being in certain environments, don't. it's not like, okay, him, no, him being at the, I want to be at the Brooklyn Museum, you know? I want to be featured there. That's not making it commercial. It's the way that you're now going about your work, the way that you are showing your work, the way that you're talking about your work now. And um, absolutely exposure brings, like, this world where it's very you can become commercial quote unquote and i battle with the word as well because i do believe that artists need to um sustain themselves you know but i don't think that i think it's the intent of the artist and they have to keep themselves grounded where it's like you can say no right you can give yourself boundaries of how you want your work to be used um and i think when you the more fame you get the more everything you get you're like you it's so easy to be like yes 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 
And it's like, don't you realize you're losing the thing, the very thing that made you recognizable? So you're saying the more opportunities that become created or the more opportunities for exposure, in essence, can almost lessen the value, the value. of work? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Depending so that, on how you go about it. Okay. So that point of just like exposure and, and, and talking about having that platform, how big with the work that you create and projects and stuff that you work on, how, how big of a role does social media, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, how big of a role does that play in helping with your exposure and selling your work and gaining a new audience? How important is that for you to have to utilize social media? Do you care about it or not? You know, it's a question that I'm thinking about daily because not everything lasts. You know, I was there when social media was like first beginning and um, I remember blogging and blogging was so much fun and now everything is so saturated and you can't even find a blog that actually has like con like thought process in it. And now it's like, oh, is Drake's pool really bigger than Kanye's? And it's like, I don't care about that. Um, but okay, it has like 8,000 retweets and I'm going to go on Instagram and now everyone's an artist on Instagram and everyone wants to be with Swiss Beats. And it's like, the moment I start seeing a platform being overused is actually when I, the more I fall back and pull back because I want to try to maintain my authenticity, you know? I want, I don't want my work to be saturated. I don't want the reason why I create to be saturated. I don't want it to be, oh, I got to create because I want to get this many likes on Instagram so that I can be seen by this artist because now the point is to be seen and the point is not to create. So you, you struggle with just being challenged with how you leverage the platform for yourself, <clears throat> yeah. but at the same time, like remaining relevant. I think that social media, you know, I have my own struggles with it because I personally don't really care for it, but I do think that it is a powerful marketing tool in a way sure. to, like I said, gain exposure to new crowds and stuff like that. Have you gotten any work through social media? Have you gotten any new clientele and any new commissions and things like that from I social have. media? I've definitely... I've gotten a lot of work because it's like word of mouth, you know, people are tagging me in things and I'll post my artwork. So the beauty of it is that you have a more of a platform to um, your work to be seen by everywhere in the world, by everyone in the world. And that's awesome. And again, it's all about it goes down to you and your intent as an artist. When it becomes to control your artwork, that's when, you know, it can be a bit of an issue. Okay. A couple more questions. Let the artwork drive you. Don't let the social media drive you. Right. I think it can be, you know, it's interesting just the place of society we're in and that there's meaningful work being created, but there's a lot of narcissism and other things that take precedent on when we talk about, you know, marketing buzzwords and lingo like impressions and you know, scalability and followings and stuff like that. So it's just an interesting space that, that we're in when you have artists and creatives doing something meaningful. But if it's not, people don't want to see meaningful. No, they don't. People want to see you stunting and, and mm -hmm. talking about how big your pool is, you know, or my pool's bigger than Kanye's mm -hmm. or whatever. And most of them, like some of the most incredible artists I know have like a 100 followers. 
you know? And the work is, like, mind-blowing. And they post, like, once a month. Why? Because they're working. They're creating. <laughs> Do you think it's important to that point, you know, like, if they're working and creating, to have, like, support and have somebody have a social media team and somebody that can just kind of Absolutely. help with that strategy? Absolutely. Where it's, like, you rep- can kind of stay relevant yeah. in the social space and kind of show people that you're working or what you're working on. And at the same time, like, you being able to just, you know, Focus on creating and having people designated to do that stuff for you. Do you have a team? I don't have a team. Yeah, I've been that team for a lot of artists. Now, it I think it is important to have a team, but you need to, that team needs to be in complete alignment with who you are as an artist. And I believe that my goal with like the, like the latter part of my dream is to help artists think more strategically and really help them build strategy um, and learn how to expose themselves and be sufficient and learn how to use platforms and business platforms. But it will work because I, too, am an artist. So there's this trust that's built. I'm an artist representing an artist. So I know that if you're working right now, I'm not just going to try to make all this money off of you because I know what it feels like. Now, if you get this complete stranger who knows nothing about artwork or what it's like to be an artist, that they're just strict on business, there's going to be this... um, disconnect between you two and you have this whole team who's put who's putting out all your work but it doesn't show the authenticity of who you are so you also still have to have a big part in that right you still need to be observing what's going on and oversee everything so the team the team should be collaborative it should be all collaborative it should be in alignment with who you are you should trust them you should know them and you should have a plan so it goes back to the artist like it still goes to the artist. Like when Beyonce left her father and she started managing herself, she's like, shit, I, I need to create fully, but I also still need to, I have this team, but I am the president and this is what I, what the, the work that I want to be seen. This is how I want to be seen. You still have to know, have a lot of awareness of self so that you're not being taken over by your team. Right. Okay. So that point of having a team and collaborating and really helping with some of that development and accomplish just the things that you want to accomplish. How important for you is goal setting? Is that something that you do on an annual basis when we just talk specifically to your creativity and to your work? Or do you just more execute? Do you think about the things that you want to do and just do them? Or do you write stuff down? Like which, what's your process like for goal setting? And is that, is that something that's important to you? Lately it's been through writing. I feel like I've set the goals for my life like five years ago and they're like never changing because there's some major ones that I haven't accomplished yet you know so I'm not going to add on more goals when these aren't even checked off the list yet you know um so each day I'm constantly writing through like is what I'm doing right now helping me get to this bigger dream and this vision okay no so what else can you be doing and I think I found myself in a place where a lot of what I've been doing hasn't been in alignment. So now I'm like in this pickle where I'm like, okay, how do I get back? Like, am I like figure it out, Wendy? You know. And I think when you lose, when you stop creating, there's a sense of um, connectivity that you lose with self, and you begin to listen to other people, and then you begin all of a sudden your life is a way where you're not, you're no longer following your heart. And you stray away from your dreams and your goals. And that's where I've, I've been at. So now I'm, 
again, rediscovering how to stay in alignment with my heart and my dreams and be strategic in that. So I guess I'm, I'm figuring it out. Okay. And what's your community like of just artists and creative people? Like who are you surrounding <clears throat> yourself by to stay fresh and figure those things out and try to knock out <clears throat> things that you hope to accomplish? Every single person I know is a creative. Um, I live with creatives. My best friends are creatives. Everybody. So I'm literally influenced by every text message that's in my phone, every message conversation. I'm influenced by every email, uh, hello from a friend, boom, I'm inspired because they're, they too are creatives. And I think you have to surround yourself with people that are going to challenge you and um, challenge your thinking and say, listen, I don't think that's in alignment with what you just said the other day, right? They're not saying that you need to be a certain way of how they think. They're just reminding you of what you've already said. Right. And that's important. You need to surround yourself with like minds. And I know it's such a typical quote, but it's so true. And the moment you do, the moment someone else comes in that isn't in alignment, you're going to feel that and you're going to know, mm, I got to stay away from you. How do you discern that? Energy, certain questions that I ask, the conversations that I engage with that person. And it's also this, this strong knowing of self. You have this foundation of who you are and you, you're really discovering it and you're, you're, you're strong in it. The moment someone comes into your space that doesn't need to be in your space, you're going to know it and you're going to say, okay, I have to fall back. And then you begin to observe the way that you're um, going about your life. Like if things begin to shift and all of a sudden you don't know how you ended up there, mm, there's some things you're going to need to check. Right. Right. So you're always just aware of your surroundings, the people that are there and stuff like that, and you just do your best to... Yeah, I think that one of my biggest traits is being aware. <laughs> like I think it's literally a gift from God because... With me, the more that I'm aware, the more, like, I do better. So if something becomes, ex like, if something is exposed to me, I'm like, ooh, I got to change. I got to do something. Right. Because um, I'm aware. Like, with awareness, it's like, but you knew. You can't blame anything else if you knew, right. you know? And um, I'm very aware. I'm constantly observing. Um, my thought process is on fleek at all times, which can be a gift and a curse. And that's because I'm, I'm a introverted extrovert love people have lots of acquaintances i know how to get a lot of information out of someone in 2.2 seconds and not because i'm conniving i just generally love getting to know people but at the same time my my me time as i'm realizing is so important my the time that i have with self and i think it's it could be very scary to get to know yourself um but it's so important for the work that you do and, and how you you share what you're learning with the rest of the world. Right. How important is time with yourself and being able to like separate and just take time to figure things out? Is that a part of your creative process? It's becoming it. For a long time, my entire life, I started creating because someone else told me I was good. And that affirmation encouraged me because I really cared about what people thought. So because they said I was good and thought I was good, I became a master at it. And if I found something else that I was good at and someone else affirmed that I was good at it, then 
I became a master at that as well. And so for a long time, it was like, damn, do I really want to do this? Or has it just been because someone told me that I was good? So now I'm at a place where I'm discovering what it is that I like and having me time. I'm <laughs> forced to be with myself nowadays. And um, it's really nice. It's really fun. I get to just like create my space and be in my room and write, talk to God, explore, and go to sleep smiling and waking up like, okay, Wendy, what's up, girl? And I, I write, me and my friend challenged me like, she write, when she talks about herself, she, she goes like, she is this, this, and this. And she's talking about herself. So I started doing that and I started writing in that way. And it, it's allowed me to step outside of self and realize like what's really going on. And so I'll say, she's at an interesting place in her life right now. And it's like, I'm writing about myself. And as I read it, I'm like, okay, I understand it more. So I actually really am loving this journey with self. It's beautiful and it's making me be a better um, me for others. Dope. Last question. What does creative mean to you? You know, I actually wrote a whole paper on it. And I wish I could pull it up because I really want to say it word for word. That's the beauty about creating. Now you can just improvise. Yeah. Hmm. What does creating mean? Creative. Creative. Hmm. Transforming new ideas. Transforming ideas into new ideas and new thought process. Um, transforming the way people see something or see the world or giving people a new set of eyes. Um, sharing your experiences and what you see. Um, being a voice for the culture. That's a really, really dope answer. And it's kind of got me thinking about some things myself and just being a creative. So definitely thank you for that. Thank you for all of your insights and just sharing your story and your journey, you know, helping to inspire other creatives. You know, that's what we want to do here with the chats with the starving artists and the whole age of the creative platform is really just serve as a sense of support, inspiration, whatever sort of keys we need to help people propel and just their creativity and their work. So mm. thank you so much for just taking the time out of even your creating and making uh, paper snowflakes to just sit here and chat with me and just shed some light on your creative process mm -hmm. um, and you know Thank just want to send some good vibes your way just as a creative and to just keep going keep going and don't stop so thank you so much for just taking time out of your day to 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 wrap with us here and, and help other people Thank you. Um, and just so you know I know that you you know use it as a gift and a curse but so people could take a look at your work and hear you or see you or whatever. Where are you at on, on Twitter and Instagram? What are your handles? At MyDarlingWendy and MyDarlingWendy.com. And I will be launching my blog, um, which is just another portion of my website, um, to give to share a little bit more of my experience, my day-to-day -day life. Because I know there's some people out there who are going through the same thing. Dope. Thanks again, guys, for listening into another episode of Chats with the Starving Artist with Wendy Michelle, or my darling Wendy, Wendy Darling. She has a bunch of different names. I know her by. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for everybody that's just been supporting and listening. And again, please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes podcast. Um, also, leave a rating. If you think it's a good podcast, if you think it's dope, if you want to hear certain things, any sort of feedback that you have, please, please, please write that in the comments on iTunes, even on SoundCloud as well. 
because that's going to help just kind of gain visibility for the podcast and just help other people get aware of it. So we want to help the creative community. That's why I'm here. That's what Chats with the Starving Artist is all about. So please, please, please share this with your friends, people in the creative community, however we can help them. We'll continue to do it. Thanks again for tuning in. Another episode of Chats with the Starving Artist with Wendy Michelle. And until next time, we'll see you later. Have a good one.